So last week I was teaching about growth. And amongst the many things I taught was that, I'm just giving you a recap, right? Amongst the many things I taught was that you have to grow in revelations. You have to grow in certain, certain truth of the word of God. So you can learn a particular revelation, but until you grow in it, you may not walk in it entirely. You may not walk in it fully. Amen. You may learn that, for example, you may learn that you, you may learn today in church that you can lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. But until you actually begin to lay hands on the sick and the Spirit of God begins to lead you on, on how to properly do it, you may not actually grow. All you will have is just theory. All right. But then for you to actually grow, for your faith to be built, you have to consistently practice the word of God. You have to be at a place where you, you, where you do what the word of God says you should do. So growth in the faith, there are different levels of growth in the faith. If I asked people here, maybe if I asked you individually, let's say what you would describe as someone who's grown in the faith. Maybe you would, you, would, you would give me different answers, okay? Maybe if you hear someone who is here who is busy praying, maybe let's say um, someone is leading prayer here and the way they are quoting scriptures, they are just flowing so well in scriptures. You may think, oh, this one is a mature believer, right? Like you'll be inspired by how ah, this one, quotes, the way they quotes the Bible, so amazing, right? And then maybe you will hear someone as well who is gifted maybe with certain gifts of the spirit, maybe the workings of miracles. How they will work miracles is just so distinct. Like it's amazing how they will flow in this gift. And you look at them and you may say, this one is actually someone who's grown in the faith and they've actually grown in the word of God. You see another person maybe who functions in the gift of the word of knowledge. And then you find they're able to pick details about people that you know ordinarily someone wouldn't be able to pick. You know, they will sit next to someone and they're able to pick someone's name. And maybe they'll they'll sit next to someone and they're able to pick what someone is going through. That's a gift of the Spirit. Beautiful, right? And you may, you, may, you may look at that person and say, this one is actually grown in the faith, right? And maybe you may hear someone who will stand in front and they'll tell you about how maybe before they came, they had an encounter with an angel. No, an angel came just like in Bible days and spoke to them and maybe delivered a message and you'd be like, wow, this guy sees angels. So deep, right? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, right? Like so, so, so good. Like there, there are. In other words, there isn't one criteria when it comes to human being as to what they would regard as growth. Another person, maybe what they would regard as growth is simply look. They will hear another believer, another sister, another brother say, "Look, for me, I pray, and when I pray, as I pray until the sun goes down." Like I'll just, I'll close my eyes and just pray. Maybe it's nine in the morning, and by the time I'm done praying, it's night. And you look at the person, mm, that's how much you pray. <laughs> you know what I mean, right? They'll even scare you a little. <laughs> like, yo, this guy can pray. And it's amazing. And you regard that as growth. But look, I'll tell you this. All those things are not an indication of growth. Are you listening? All those things are not an indication of what? Yeah. Though they are not an indication of growth. Growth is, when we talk about spiritual growth, it's beyond just, I don't know how to put it. Spiritual growth is beyond just the encounters you have. Spiritual growth is beyond, look, everyone here would love to have supernatural encounters, eh? Would you love it? <laughs> you wake up and you're just seeing, you know, angels and the glory of God, you know, in your room, you know, that, that would be beautiful, right? I think each one of us would love to have such experiences, right? But look, not everyone will have those experiences in this lifetime. 
This is a fact. Are we together? Not every person will walk in, the, in all the gifts of the Spirit. Every person is gifted, every believer is gifted by the Spirit. As long as you have the Spirit of God, you actually have certain gifts of the Spirit. You may just not have discovered them yet. Are you listening? However, real growth, real spiritual growth is not seen by the encounters you have because even a child can have an encounter. Cornelius had an encounter, remember that? Was he born again? No. At the time he was having an encounter. He wasn't. The point is, even a child can do certain things. Like, I have seen children in the faith walk in dimensions that even I admire. <laughs> I have seen children in the faith. I'm talking about, these are babies. Have you, have you ever, for example, have you ever met someone who, maybe, maybe let's say, those of you who have been in, in, in Pentecostal circles for a long time, have you ever met someone who can pray really long hours, but they've got a bad attitude? Have you ever met someone like that? Have you ever met someone who can, who can see in the spirit, prophesy to you accurately, but they're not living right? You've met someone like that, right? Yeah, it's very possible. <laughs> it's very possible to see angels, to see visions and live in sin. It's very possible. Because the Bible actually says the gifts of God are without repentance. That's what the Bible says. So God can actually give you a gift. And the fact that, no, there was someone that I was, that I knew some, some time back, he's, he's late now. And um, he was very gifted in the word of knowledge and everything. You know, you know, you know what word of knowledge is, right? Like, these people who are able to, 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 to they were, they, someone, can, someone who can actually even tell you what's going on in, about you, in your life and whatnot. So this guy was a, is, is a believer and he backslid. Alright? He backslid. He, has, he wasn't living right and whatnot. So he went so deep such that from being known as a man of God, he was now known in every bar in the compound. You know those people who are known everywhere? Doesn't matter the drinking joint. <laughs> They're everywhere. They're known. So he was one of those who was known like that. And one time I'm having an interaction with him. We're talking. And guess what? He's drunk as we're talking. Because we knew each other from a while back. So we're having a conversation and we're talking. And as we're talking, guess what started happening? The gift of God started, started manifesting right in that moment. He started telling me things that were going to start happening. While he's drunk. You think he's just in the flesh. But then someone was telling you, oh, no, this is the voice of God talking. Mm -hmm. And you will listen. Mm -hmm. The point just generally is, the fact that you are walking in the gifts of the Spirit is not equivalent to maturity. Are we together? It's not equivalent to maturity. When we talk about spiritual maturity, it's beyond just the gift of the Spirit. So, am I telling you to desire the gifts of the Spirit? Yes, the Bible tells you to do so as well. Desire them. Desire to heal the sick. Desire to walk in the gifts of prophecy. Desire to, to be one of those people who prays very long hours. Desire, those, those are beautiful things. But what I'm telling you is this. You can have all those things, but yet still not be a mature believer. Alright? I'm going to show you today some of the, some of the, some of the indications where... The, to know whether you've actually grown or not, or whether you're actually growing or not. 
And that's what we're going to look at today. It's actually part two of what I taught last week. All right? So when we talk about growth, let's start from somewhere. Growth. Firstly, God desires every believer to be to grow all around. What I mean by all around is, <laughs> let's say, let's say there are three believers, right? The first believer's name, let's say, is Andrew, all right? And then the second believer's name, let's say, is Cynthia or something. And then the other believer's name, let's say, is what? Uh, Benjamin or something, you know, you know what I mean? So there's Andrew, Cynthia, and Benjamin, right? Are you following? Are you following? All right. So let's say there are three these three, these three guys. There's Benjamin, Andrew, and... Cynthia, right? Now, Cynthia is a prayer warrior. She's, she's a woman of God who is on fire. Have you ever met sisters who are on fire? Yeah. She's one, one of those. Very on fire. A sister who is on fire. And there's Benjamin, who is not as on fire as Cynthia. But guess what? Benjamin is actually one of those people who gives heavily in church. Like he's a giver. You know? And then let's say there's who's around? Andrew, right? Yeah. And there's Andrew. Andrew is very committed when it comes to church. Like, the, you know those believers who are, who, are, who are at every church program? They're the first ones at church. The last ones to leave church. Talk about sweeping church, they'll be there. Talk about uh, if you're having a conference, let's go and evangelize, they'll be there. But this guy, this guy called Andrew, for him, he didn't have a very deep prayer life. You understand, right? Now, each one of these is very special in their own way in the kingdom. But for God wants every believer to grow all around in that. God wants every believer to, number one, have a strong prayer life. Number two, every believer must have a very good word culture. You must be grounded in the word of God. And when a believer is grounded in the word of God, it's not the easiest thing to deceive them. And then number three, Every believer also needs to be a financial partner. It's very, very important. So it's not enough for you to just grow in prayer, but you're not growing in the, in the grace of serving. It's not enough for you to grow in the grace of serving, but you're not growing in prayer. It's not enough for you to grow in the grace of serving and prayer, but you're not actually a giver. It's not enough to grow in all these three, but you're not actually a soul winner. You need to grow all around. Are we together? That means you must actually desire. Look, even as I am doing this, I must desire to serve in the house of God. I must desire to have my own prayer life. I must desire to actually uh, be a giver. I must, desire to, I must desire all these things because that's what God desires for all of us. Don't become one of those believers, you know, when we ask you to serve in the house of God, me, I'm a kingdom financier. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, you know what I mean? I'm just, yeah. And then when, when we ask you to, 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 to join, maybe let's say, oh, look, we're, we're having a prayer meeting. I don't, I, I can't pray for me, unless if you tell me to do deco in church, you know, I'm, I'm very good at, but I don't, know, I don't know how to pray. You must become, you must grow all around. You must grow. Is there an area, think about this, is there an area where you've not grown fully? Is there an area where you need to grow even further? And if there's an area you can think about where you need to grow any further, that's the area you need to work on. Don't abandon the rest. Grow in the other, in the other areas, but the area where you've abandoned already, start growing in it. Someone say hallelujah. hallelujah. Say it louder. Hallelujah. All right. So grow all around. Praise God. So before, maybe some of the indicators to know whether you've actually grown as a believer. 
are very basic things, but I'll mention them today. Can we start? Can we start? <laughs> Number one, forgiveness. That's number one. That's one of the ways you'd know whether you're actually growing as a believer. Can I, can I tell you something that may be shocking? Can I? People will offend you. As in people will... People will <laughs> have you ever met someone who just annoys you? <laughs> have you? You wake up in the morning, you're having a good day. Like you woke up feeling good early in the morning. You are feeling good. Then just out of nowhere, uh, around 10 hours, maybe you just meet a bus conductor. Hello, sister. And you don't respond. Sister, you don't respond. He just starts following you. <laughs> I know that's in town. <laughs> you know? Or you just, you just start arguing with conductors. You know, that's, that's something that I, I just prayed that God delivered me from. Anyway, start arguing with conductors about change. You, de- you didn't even know maybe the bus was costing this much. And you're there on a bus arguing with the conductor. Left, right, center. <laughs> you see, generally people will offend you. As long as you are here in this world, people, as in people, will offend you. That's a revelation for today. <laughs> tell your neighbor, people will offend you. <laughs> Look at them, tell them, people will offend you. <laughs> yeah. And guess what? Offense will happen even in church. Oh, yeah, watch people. Just hear your neighbor, I don't like this kind of dress. <laughs> this one thinks they can pray more than the rest. That's their problem. She thinks she's deep. <laughs> Generally, people will offend. As in, one of the ways you know whether you're growing is actually your ability to forgive. That's very important because you can speak in tongues but still hold grudges. You can, you can pray and see visions but still be bitter about what, what your mother did to you yesterday. Very bitter because your mother shouted at you. How are you going to keep your home, you? And you're just there, this woman, this woman, this woman. One day, Jaka Guirana, this woman. <laughs> That's generally, you see, you can function. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Look, the gifts of the Spirit are very important, but they are not an indicator of maturity. They are not. Your ability to forgive is one of the ways you know whether you are growing. And can I tell you something? I'm not talking about where someone even does something. Sometimes when someone does something minor to you, it's very easy to just let let go of it. But what happens if someone does something very major to you? There are people who even want grudges because your friend, your your best friend was damned. You are not even in the relationship. You are holding grudges about the other person. You are not even part of that relationship, you. Maybe you don't even know what fully happened. Maybe your friend is always always even a problem. But you're holding grudges. I would never talk that. What is it to my friend? I would never. (laughs) You will. You will forgive. 
I'm here to tell you, you forgive. And today you're forgiving people. <laughs> you will. So your ability to forgive is very important. So look at yourself and ask yourself certain questions. Look, how, how easily do I forgive people? Think about Jesus on that cross. The people that nailed him says, Father, forgive them. <laughs> they don't know what they are doing. While he was saying that, was it in pain? Yeah, he didn't wait for the pain to be relieved. And say, ah, okay, I think I'll just do it. I'll, I'll make this prayer when I'm, when, I'm out of, when I'm down here. Like, while I'm here, while I'm feeling the pain, I, I won't forgive them. Did he do that? No. And I taught you, and, I, and I've told you before in this ministry, when it comes to doing things for God, you must do it his way. You don't forgive at your own terms. Are we together? You don't let go of things. It doesn't matter what someone has done. You decide to forgive. You see, one of the things I decided to do in life, I decided to forgive in advance. Anyone who ever offend me, I've just forgiven them already. <laughs> doesn't matter what they do. Because if I wait for the day they offend me, I may just start weighing, ah, this, this one is not worthy. Like you weigh, this one, is this one worthy of my forgiveness? <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. Even when they scam you, forgive them, okay? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you send money to someone, they ask scam you, ah, just forgive them, okay? Okay? Yes. No, but because think about it. You, you were forgiven for everything you ever did. There is nothing. And you see, right now, everyone looks innocent here, but ask them where they were before they got born again. <laughs> Just ask your neighbor and they, before you got saved, my brother, how were you? <laughs> and they start telling you, they, they, and you start hearing, well, name where? <laughs> you know these things. <laughs> The point generally is, God forgave us of everything. And he didn't categorize sin in our life, say, look, this one is not worthy of the blood of Jesus. This one is worthy of the blood of Jesus. All sin was paid for. All right? All sin was paid for. There's only one that a man, a man would, would, would ever commit and, there was, and, and, forgiveness, and forgiveness didn't apply. That's unbelief. If you just die and you didn't, you didn't believe, on that one, the blood will just then cover because you can't repent after. <laughs> but as long as you are still alive, everything was already paid for. Are we together? Yeah. So your maturity is seen by your ability to forgive. Your ability, how you respond to people, how you respond to even, and when I talk about people, listen, people who have, let me not, let me not do much on this. Can find people have been holding grudges, even against pastor. <laughs> they never forgive. <laughs> Look at them, tell them forgive. forgive. Yes, <laughs> let go. Whether things doesn't, doesn't matter how they feel, you have to let go. Do you know one of the ways you know whether you're maturing as well? Your ability, your your ability to actually master your emotions. You're a bit to actually master your emotions. That's one of the ways you know whether you're, whether you're growing or not. When you actually learn to master your emotions, like you put, you, you subject your emotions to the word of God. You subject your emotions to, to who you are in Christ. 
Your emotions don't dictate whether that day you feel righteous or not. Like when you feel righteous, they were living righteously because that's how you feel that day. And the following day, if you feel like you're a sinner, we're living in sin today. Ah, today we're going to sin. Because you don't feel like you're righteous. Hey. <laughs> you master your emotions. Very important. So there are many indicators of actually spiritual growth. And the second one that we'll look at <laughs> is another, another thing that you, you, must, you, you must learn to, to, to walk above, and that's selfishness. Tell your neighbor, selfishness. selfishness. Maybe this, this maybe start reading some I haven't read some scriptures today. <laughs> Jesus. Philippians chapter number two. Tell your neighbor, Philippians chapter number two. Philippians 2, verse 3. Let me just... Uh, let me just turn there. Philippians chapter number 2, verse 3. Philippians chapter number 2, verse 3. Are we there? Yes. Fear there, say glory. glory. Okay, some are not answering, so I'm not there. Fear there, say glory. All right. The Bible says, Philippians chapter number 2, verse 3, verse 3 and 4. The Bible says, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory. I'm reading from the King James, right? You can read that in, in your own translation. And it says, but in lowliness of mind, let each, let, let each esteem, uh, esteem other better than themselves. And then verse, uh, verse number 4 says, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Philippians, well, in Philippians chapter number 2, verse 3 and 4. Alright, so the Bible actually tells you to actually esteem others higher than yourself. That's very important. That's very, very important. The Bible tells you to not just look out for yourself. Like, you know, people... Like in this generation now, everyone is looking out for themselves. Like, you know, people behave like everyone, the people are out there to get them. Everyone is looking out for themselves. But the question is, in this world where everyone's looking out for themselves, are you looking out for others? And I'm not, I'm not talking about just your relatives or your friends. The question is just generally, is that are you able to put the interests of others above yourself? Are you able to put the interests of others just above yourself? Like, and it, you see, it starts in very small things. And you see, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Spiritual growth is, it's not something that you can just measure. Look, no, because I see visions, I'm, I'm growing. Because I do this, I'm growing. Because you can, you can see visions and do everything else, but still be a very selfish person. And do you know that every sin a man will ever commit in this world, the, the foundation is selfishness. Any sin a man will ever commit, the foundation is selfishness. Because no matter what you name it, selfishness is, is actually the mother of all sins, if you, if, you, if you had to ask me. You must move away from being selfish. It's very important. You must move away. You can't, you can't just look out for yourself. Like, even when there's a job opportunity, as in before you even tell your neighbor, I'll apply first. And then that's when I'll tell you. Like, you, you just think about yourself first. Like, before, before you tell another person about an opportunity, I think about yourself first. Don't be selfish. <laughs> tell but don't be selfish. <laughs> yeah. Can I tell you something? Turning off another person's light won't make yours go, go, be any brighter. 
carry together. It won't. Don't be selfish. The Bible says actually esteem others more highly than yourself. Don't look out just for your own interests. That's one of the ways you know whether a, a, a believer is, is mature or not. Do you know that when a believer has actually gotten, <clears throat> gotten rid of, of things like selfishness, even their prayers will be filled with other people. They will intercede for others more than they pray for themselves. But then, when your heart is just full about me, 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 until I get that job, until I get that business, until I clear that course, until I, until I, until I, until I, until I, until I, that's how you know that a believer hasn't matured yet. They think about themselves. Have you ever seen a baby, even a baby in the house? Babies are naturally very selfish people in homes. That's why it's very sweet if a baby gives you something. No, it's adorable. If a baby gives you, it's adorable. Naturally, they will give you, they will see you eat it and then get it back. <laughs> Because why are you enjoying what's mine? <laughs> you understand, right? That's how babies are. Naturally, they're just selfish. And then you have to train them. So look, you have to look out for other people as well. And if you've ever lived, if you've ever lived with someone who doesn't look out for other people in the house, you know how dangerous it is. And that's how it is even in the kingdom. Yeah. You can't be that one before, even at home, back. The moment you're about to enter the kitchen, they're, they're warning you, others haven't eaten, please. <laughs> they're warning you in advance because they know you when you go there. <laughs> in, they're just warning in advance. Be, before you get anything, sir, just a reminder, please, others haven't eaten. <laughs> because you don't consider what others have eaten, you just start getting you. As long as they are full, they matter what other, how others feel. You need to grow. You need to grow. Tell your neighbor, you need to grow. There has to, you have to reach a place where even your prayers are not just filled. Listen, if you pray more about yourself than you pray for other people, then you've not grown, if you've not yet matured as a believer. Then the element of selfishness is still very much awake in your life. But when you actually grow, when selfishness has been put aside, even, you see, you sp even when something is hurting in your body, you will spend time praying for others. There was a time, I remember I heard, I heard a testimony once uh, from Pastor Chris Oyakilome. He mentioned about how he was, they were in, uh, he hosts what we call um, healing, uh, healing school or something, something like that, right? And in one of the healing schools, there was a woman who was, uh, who was on a sick bed. Like someone was, someone is paralyzed, all right? And they've not walked for many years, many, many years. And they were praying, oh Lord, heal me. I've been, I've been praying, I've been believing, as in I've fasted, I've, I've done everything, but I've, I'm not, like someone is praying, praying. And guess what happened? The moment they were praying and they opened their eyes to see the person next to them, they saw the person next to them was actually worse than them. The prayer changed. Lord, heal this one. <laughs> they just, I, that's what Pastor, the woman actually came to testify of herself. She said, the moment I saw the person next to me, I forgot about what, what, how I was in. And I said, print a city for my, for my neighbor. Because I, I noticed she was worse than me. And when Pastor laid hands on her and she got healed, in my excitement, when I was paralyzed, I, I jumped and walked out as well. <laughs> You see, it moved from being a selfish prayer, just pray for other people. 
don't focus on your your life can't be about you, you, you. Every time deal with us. Every time it's asked you. Your praying is just about you. Everything. Like even when I ask you to give in church, what is what, what, what blessings are there for me now? Like, like everything is just about you. Everything. Like if that's why that's why that's why even people are easily scammed. Move away from selfish praying. Learn to intercede for others. Even when you yourself are in a critical condition, it doesn't, don't stop praying for other people. Even when other people's problems seem lighter than yours, you, 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 you yours are just big. You, like, you know, the even believers say, me, ah, me, I pray for everyone. Who, who even prays for me? Who intercedes for me? Me, when I pray, I pray for everyone. But me, who prays for me? That's how you know a believer hasn't matured yet. They're still a child. They're still a toddler. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have to put away selfishness. You have to put it away. Consider others more than you consider yourself. Put others ahead. It's very important. It's very godly. Tell your neighbor it's very godly. <laughs> Look at them, tell them it's very godly. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the ways you know whether you're growing or not. So number one, I said, well, forgiveness, right? Yeah. And people will test you like I said. <laughs> Even this week, people will be testing you. <laughs> yeah. I remember one time, one of the, one of, uh, I, was, I was living somewhere and, and uh, you know, when, when, when you're having an intimate time with God and you're enjoying God's presence, eh? And uh, I was living in, with, with certain people. Like, you know, you know, when you're living with unbelievers, it's very, it's a strange environment, eh? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm in prayer and I'm enjoying God's presence. And someone just comes to tap me while I'm praying. And see Billy Coach. I was like, God. <laughs> so you couldn't wait for me to be done. And I just, just have to start looking. Just, oh, get. <laughs> and move away. I want to continue again. A person comes and taps again. Uh, before I start continue, uh, <laughs> I'm already one hour in prayer. <laughs> now people behave like that. Some of you maybe have experienced it. Yeah. Someone, oh, while you're praying, someone just comes to look at Kagure Maved. I am praying, sir. <laughs> you understand? But even in that moment, keep your heart calm. <laughs> Don't say, don't start saying everything there now. Do these guys know who I am? Me, the authority I have. I can just say one word over their destiny. <laughs> Maturity. Praise God. Maturity. Maturity. And then the other thing that shows maturity is responsibility. Responsibility. Tell neighbor Responsibility. Yeah, very important. Responsibility. Responsibility. When we talk about responsibility, I believe not everyone here is responsible. Eh? Are you? Are you responsible? <laughs> yeah, some are, some are not. Eh? Okay, are you responsible for yourself? <laughs> are you responsible for yourself? <laughs> There are some things that you can't do on your own right now, eh? You know what I mean, right? Some of you are in school, eh? So there are some things that you know 
if your parents say just cut off that, <laughs> they are telling you, ah, I pay for your school fees, just take care of your boarding house. They are from the copper belt. <laughs> you have nowhere to go. <laughs> you speak all manner of tongues, eh? Yeah. Oh Lord, come through for me. <laughs> just generally, we have, the point is, even in responsibility, we are, different, we are different levels of responsibility. There are some in here who are more responsible than others. And I'm not talking about just, uh, I'm talking about just generally the responsibility that, that have been placed on you by either parents or life generally. You have been forced to become responsible. Responsibility is actually one of the ways you know whether you are growing or not. In a home, you don't give responsibility to a child, do you? You don't, right? But as you grow, responsibilities also grow. There are some things maybe 10 years ago that you were not able to do in the home. But now you are expected to do them. You understand? Yeah. And that's why, look, gentlemen, if you, if you know you're a gentleman, raise your hand. Let's, let me see all of you. Raise your hand. Gentlemen, all of you. Okay, good. Let me, let me put it this way. You need to come to a place. Wow, me. Hear me. I'm about to make a dangerous point here. A powerful point that will make you clap. <laughs> you are here and you are listening to me. You shouldn't be knocking at your parents or your guardian's house. I need money for bread. Go and buy on your own for the family. How together? Not that I don't work. You will find what to do to buy bread at home. I'm teaching you responsibility now. For the girls who spare them. <laughs> but gentlemen, how to get? Not in the morning. I didn't have breakfast, so I couldn't have bread. So I see under my bread, my daddy. <laughs> gentlemen. If it means you have to go and wash your neighbor's car to buy bread, go wash it and buy bread at home. It's not everything that your parents should be doing when you're, when you're there. Are you together? Yeah. Amen, gentlemen. Amen. I said you will clap. He didn't clap. <laughs> Responsibility. You have to start, and I'm, I'm, I'm talking about bread is very, it's very cheap, eh? It's 10 quarters in some places, right? Some 15, 20 quarters. It's in that range, right? Yeah. And I'm not saying you do it every day, but just once in a while. If you do it every day, of course, you have no money for such a pack. But, <laughs> in the, at least once in a while, even just once a week, or even twice a week, you know, it, it, will, it will graduate eventually. That's what I'm saying. If we say it every day, obviously, you know, so responsibility, that's one of the ways you actually know whether you're growing or not. All right? Let's start, maybe let's read. Maybe uh, someone can read to me from the NLT, John 21, verse 15 to 18. From the NLT translation. If you can, someone can take the NLT, stand up and read for me. John chapter number 21, verse 15 to 18. 
John chapter number 21 uh, verse 15 John 21 verse 15 the Bible says so when they had when they had dined they were having dinner right so when they had dined uh, Jesus said to Simon uh, Simon son of Jonas right because I'm reading from the King James it says uh, lovest thou me more than these that's why I didn't want to use the King James mm-hmm. so that everyone relates all right Maybe get me a Bible from, from Kabulo. Someone get Kabulo's phone. Run. Rush, 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 rush. Tell me about one thing you've learned so far. If it's a man, they should tell you that I'll be, I'll be buying bread. <laughs> Look, gentlemen, sit next to each other, that we should be buying. <laughs> if you are sitting next to a man, point at them, so you will buy bread at home. <laughs> I should hear a report next week. <laughs> Don't worry. You're, you're, you're in school, so it is well. When you go home, <laughs> responsibility. You stretch out your hands, and others will dress you, and take you where you, where you don't want to go. Verse 19. That's all. Okay, that's what's there. Now, that's, that was a prophecy on how Peter would die. If you remember that, right? If you go on further to show you, Jesus, the Bible actually says that was a prophecy on how Peter would die because Peter was actually, Peter, Peter was crucified as well. But the Bible records that he was crucified upside down. That's what the Bible records, right? Now, the important thing about that scripture, remember I'm talking about responsibility. One of the ways you know whether you're actually growing as a believer is actually how responsible have you become as a believer? How, respo- how responsible can, like, how, how much can God trust you with responsibility? Peter in that quick question was asked a question by Jesus, Simon, Simon Peter, do you love me? And the amazing thing is that Jesus asked the question, do you love me more than this? Otherwise, he was comparing the love that Peter had to the love that the other disciples had. Do you love me more than this? And then Peter, Peter actually accepted, say, yes, Lord, I love you. Peter wasn't trying to be humble, but no, Lord, I think we all love you the same. You know what I mean, right? And the Bible records that he asked him, he asked him the same question three times, right? And then Peter actually got annoyed or he got irritated or, or something, I don't know. And then the Bible records that Peter, Jesus told him, say, look, when you were young, you went wherever you wanted. That tells you, even when you are young, in other words, when you are young, you are able to do everything you wanted, however way you wanted them. But when you grow old, tables are going to, you're going to be taken to places where you didn't want to go. In other words, there comes a point when responsibilities actually in the kingdom get to drive you a certain way. How you know whether you are growing or you are maturing as a believer is the amount of responsibility God is able to put in your hands. If God is able to put responsibility in your hands, it means you're actually growing. You may not see visions like your neighbor. You may not function in a particular gift of the spirit like your neighbor. You may not actually pray as many hours as someone else. But if God is able to put responsibility in your hands, it shows that there's a, there's a level of growth you're attaining. Are you listening? And you see, you must be, that's why you must become dependable even in the house of God. You must become dependent. You just can't become a member who just sits in church and listens to the word of God and just goes out there. No, you must become responsible. The question is, how responsible have you become in the house of God? How responsive have you become in the kingdom of God? 
To what extent has God given you responsibility really over his work? Imagine, Peter was given the responsibility to feed his sheep. Say, Peter, do you love me? Then feed my sheep. In other words, Peter was given responsibility to, to, to be the leader of the church when Jesus leaves. How big of a deal do you think that is? As in Jesus is away and he's telling you when I leave, you're the one to take care of them. How big of a deal do you think that is? It means there's a level of growth Peter had attained. There's a level of maturity Peter had attained. There's a level of responsibility Peter, Peter had attained. Jesus did the same thing with John. Remember that on the cross, right? Yeah. John was left to, to take care of Jesus' mother. On the cross, Jesus says, Mary, behold your son. John, behold your mother. In other words, he was telling them, look, she's now your responsibility. I was taking care of her. Now she's your responsibility. Please take care of her when I go. You have to become a responsible believer. You, are, you have to take on responsibility. There are, there are believers who are, who are afraid of being given responsibility in the house of God. A believer is put in charge to come, to come and lead prayer. They don't even show up that day because they are afraid. They will, just, they will just start shaking. If we just put them in front, lead prayer, they will just start shaking. Prayer point number one, they can't even quote scripture in the book of Abraham. <laughs> they, can't even, they can't even say anything. <laughs> afraid they can't take on responsibility no you have to take on responsibility you, you, God will assign certain things in your hands as you grow and guess what how you handle the responsibility you are given determines your next level of responsibility how together if you are learning how to drive for example let's say you have a car and they're teaching someone how to drive while they are trying to reverse in the, in the yard they hit into things you think you will let them go on the road in your car. Mm -hmm. That's just come out, sir. <laughs> you know what I mean, right? Because they're already hitting on things in there. What will happen when they go out there? They'll hit everything else. <laughs> in other words, if you're able to take on certain responsibilities, wow, in the, certain minor responsibilities, they may look minor, but they're big in the eyes of God. If you're able to take on certain responsibilities in the house of God, in other words, God, that means even when God has got bigger projects, he'll, he'll be able to trust you with it. With it. So you have to become a responsible believer. You have to become a responsible Christian. There are certain believers you should become responsible over. You must decide and look for the sake of for the sake of the ministry, for the sake of God's vision that God has given us. For that one, I'll be praying for her until she's done with school. That one, I'll be praying for him until he gets a job. That one, as in you, you may not actually even tell them. So even when they even when they come to testify, you know that God has answered, and you'll be glad in your hearts. You will not start seeking glory. Why? You've taken on responsibility to become an intercessor for the ministry. You intercede, oh Lord, until that one goes in school. Oh Lord, until that one gets a job. Oh Lord, as in you become, you, it, it becomes a responsibility. Prayer becomes a responsibility now. Tell your neighbor, be responsible. Yeah, even just among us siblings. If you have older siblings, you know who is the responsible one. Right? Right? <laughs> right? You know who is the responsible one. You can tell if you have more than two older ones. You even know that one. <laughs> if I needed this, I'll go to that one. If I need this, I'll go to that one. Why? You know who is responsible between the two. Or among us all of them, right? Yeah. And there are others. No matter how big they are, you won't even go to them. You just respect them. <laughs> and then it ends there, right? Yeah. But let's... Get to that place where we, we, become, we, we become responsible over, over kingdom affairs. 
That's, how, that's one of the ways you know whether you're maturing as a believer or not. When God is able to put certain responsibilities in your hands, the question is, and ask your neighbor this question, can God trust you? <laughs> you, you can trust God, but can God trust you? <laughs> ask them, can God trust you? <laughs> Let them answer you. <laughs> if God can trust them. <laughs> can he? <laughs> If, if God was to say, look, oh, he, he, if God was to, let's say one person wanted to, let's say someone in your family is supposed to go to school, and God decides you are the person I will use to take this one to school. Therefore, I'm going to bless you with this much money. Okay, question, can God trust you to become, to become that responsive? Or, drama, if he left coffee, he had already at his back. <laughs> They're already there. You've bought everything, truly full. <laughs> you eat at every I like question can God trust you with, with responsibility can, can money pass through your hands for God's purposes or you won't even be able to discern this is God's man you will just eat everything <laughs> can God trust you can God trust you with souls to ensure that someone never backslides you're on their case can God trust you with that? Can God trust you with taking responsibility over people at a particular institution? For example, you're at Unza, and God wants, God wants to touch people at Unza. Can you be the one God trusts to ensure that, look, the move of God will prevail at Unza because of this one? Those of you who are, who are at Eden University, the same thing. If God wants to have the move of God at Eden University, the question is not just about how, oh, look, or oh, who is going to tarry more in prayer? Who's going to, listen, carrying the move of God, it takes more than just prayer. You have to become responsible. What happens when the move of God takes place? The move of God will take place, and then, and then what? People will get blessed, and then, and then what? There will be testimonies all over the place, right? But do you know that most people who participate in the move of, move of God, if they're not taken care of, they backslide after? Because people don't assume responsibility after God moves. After God touches people's hearts, people don't become responsible. Because you have to tend, you have to tend the flock of God afterwards. You have to ensure that they're actually on course. The reason why some people are on fire is simply because they're in school. Take them out there. They will show you the flesh. They will demonstrate it to you. But then, when you become responsible over them, even when they go out there, you will ensure that they don't make mistakes others are making. So if God wanted to move in that particular institution you are at, the question is, can God actually trust you? Can, can you be the one God will say, look, because of her, I will move. Because of her, I know if the move of God takes place in this place, these souls won't be lost. They can gather, and once they gather, she will take care of them, or he will take care of them. Are you listening? I'm talking about responsibility. You become responsible. Even in, the, even in your homes, you, 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 the level, how, like you, you know how responsible you are by the things your parents tell you to do. Right? You know how responsible, by the things, as in, there are some, there are some people in here, you finish grade 12 without ever touching your school fees. They know you, they, your parents know you eat the money if they give you in your hands. <laughs> right? Yeah. They, your parents know if I, if I give this one school fees, this one will come back with an apology after two weeks. Or just tomorrow, the money will be done. Another child, the parents say, look, you hear school fees, go and pay for yourself. And they will go and pay. Right? In the kingdom of God, this, the, the, the same applies. God is able to put certain responsibilities in your hands, and you have to become a responsible believer. 
And can I tell you something? Even in the kingdom of God, we get to know your maturity by who talks when you're in God's presence. Let me explain it this way. When you were a child, a kid, in your father's house or in your mother's house or something, or if you are still there, but when you are, when you, when you, when you are a child, let's say you at the age of five, four, somewhere there, right? And your parents tell you they're going into town. If you're not crying for them, and maybe you, you will tell them what you want when they come from town, right? Bring me sweets. Bring me this, right? Bring me this, right? Because they're a child, eh? And if, if they have the money and they come back, they will come with those things, right? But when you grow old, who talks when they're living? It's your parents. When I come back, I should find this has been washed. I should find this because responsibility has now changed. You're now grown. Who talks when God's present tells me whether you're grown or not? If you're the one yapping throughout, I was in prayer for 10 hours. You were, you were yapping the whole, the whole time. You didn't even take time to hear God. You're a child. You're a child. Another person will sit there, will just sit. 30 minutes, God is talking. 30 whole minutes, God is not talking. You've not even said anything. Because God knows this one, I can tell them when they'll move. So responsibility, when, if, when, as you grow, your, your parents will tell you, oh, before, when I come back, this should be done. Go pay that bill. Go do this. Oh, take your, 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 your young brother or young sister to school. Oh, ensure I go get a report card. Ensure I go do this. Why? Because they know that you're grown, right? Responsibility. So even in the kingdom, responsibility is, growth is seen by responsibility. How responsible are you even over the, in the house of God? How responsible are you over the tasks that are given to you? Or you can just sleep and just forget about everything God has put in your care. No. It shows that you've not grown. If you can just sit and just, all you just do is just listen to the word of God. When you say, nah, today's teaching, powerful, pastor, ah, pastor, you've taught that will forgive people. And then you just go. <laughs> but you don't actually assume responsibility. It means you're not growing. When a believer is growing, they become concerned. Oh, pastor, who cleans the church? Who puts these things before? As you become concerned, the buses we use when coming here, who, who ensures, as you become, you become, that's how you know someone is growing. Are you listening? But if you just sit, ah, the Lord loves us. And God loves you too, my brother. And then you just go your way. It shows that someone is not, is not assuming responsibility and they're not, they're not growing. Praise God. Yeah. And even in the house, someone may, may grow in, the, in age. But if a person can't assume responsibility, it shows that they're not growing. You've broken a glass in your house, you're accusing a young brother of breaking it. You, you, you are still a child. <laughs> no, an adult will assume responsibility even for their mistakes. They will, they will, they will take responsibility, oh, I, I did this. You just can't start accusing people, no, this one. <laughs> the last thing. <laughs> are you learning something? Are you learning something? <laughs> yeah. So I expect afterwards for people to become responsible in this church. Amen? Amen. 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 Yeah. You become responsible afterwards. Not just sitting and... If we call for online meetings, you attend. We call for evangelism, you attend. Why? You've become responsible. You know that soul winning has become a responsibility now. It's not just what we do for fun. You want... You participate because you're, you're growing. Are we together? So the, the, the final thing I'll mention, how you know whether you're growing or not, is, is uh, discipline. Discipline. Oh, discipline is very important. 
very, very important. Discipline. Discipline. I, this is something that I don't think I'll ever get tired of teaching. Discipline. That's the fourth thing, right? Is it third or fourth? Fourth, right? Yeah. Discipline. Very, very important. There's a, there's a certain quote which I like and I agree with. It says, discipline will take you to places where motivation can't. And I agree. Because motivation only lasts so far. Have you ever, even in school, have you ever, have you ever been motivated to study? Like today, you're just, you're just in the mood to study. Maybe some, some of us have never experienced it. You know? No, others, others do. They have those moments of motivation. That's why I'm motivated and disciplined to pray. <laughs> but anyway, so even in school, right, people have motivation to study. There are other people, the, when they attend certain seminars, maybe you're, you're, you're attending a seminar, maybe let's say by Chivamba Kanyama, and it teaches you a lot about business principles. You want to get all your money and invest in this, <laughs> invest in that, like you're just motivated, like you know, it will work. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but then, what will sustain that growth is the discipline. And that's what many people lack. So when we talk about discipline, we're talking about there are many things, there are many spiritual disciplines that if you're going to mature as a believer, if you're going to grow as a believer, you have to have these disciplines. For example, prayer is a discipline. Listen to me. Prayer is a what? It's a discipline. Do you know why I call it a discipline? Because you will not feel like praying every day. The most prayerful people I know don't feel like praying every day. And those who pray a lot, even in this church, can tell you, there are days they just don't feel like praying. Sivili motabi. You understand, right? Yeah. Pray, that's what, that's the difference between those who pray consistently and those who don't. The discipline to go on even when they don't feel like doing it. Discipline. But if you wait for motivation, because mo what motivation would do is this. You come from a spiritual meeting. The atmosphere was glorious. You go home and you're carrying the same atmosphere. You're in your room and, you're, and, and you'll be singing, you'll be praying, and you'll be dancing, and you'll be enjoying God's presence. But guess what? That, that atmosphere won't be there two days after. It may not be there after one week. But after, uh, after the atmosphere, after you can't sense that atmosphere, the question, what do you do? Do you just sleep? Or you just put, you even put my, my worship music as, while you're in your bed. You even cover yourself while singing along. I'm enjoying God's presence. Huh. <laughs> you, have to, you have to be disciplined. There is no way you want to grow a prayer if you're busy. You want to grow in, while you're in bed, you're sleeping. Today we're going to groan and pray. We're going to groan and pray. While you're in your bed, you will fall asleep. And the visions you'll be seeing will be called dreams. You'll just close your eyes. And before you know it, when you wake up, it's in the morning. Discipline. Tell your neighbor, discipline. discipline. Yeah, you have to be disciplined. You have to be disciplined as a believer. Growth is seen by discipline. Every person you know who's grown a certain way, both in the faith, financially, or even just academically, 
if you've met people who are actually very good, even just academically, and they study a lot, most of them just are consistent with studying. The people who complain a lot are, are, are the ones who are not even consistent. They have consistency, but they want A's. That's what they want, because they believe A's are by grace. <laughs> like the grace of God just goes around in the, in the class and just picks, oh, I've picked this one. My son, you're for A's. And just get them. That's not how it works. Discipline. The Apostle Paul talked about how he disciplined his body in 1 Corinthians chapter number 9, verse 27. Just read it at your own time. He talked about how he disciplined his body. He says he daily disciplined his body. In other words, the Apostle Paul knew that his body could misbehave. He knew that his body could be a hindrance to the fulfillment of his assignment. Guess what he had to do in order for, for, for him to fulfill his assignment? He had to discipline his body. Discipline, that's very important. You have to pray as a discipline. Guess what else is a discipline? Fasting is a discipline. You will not wake up and today you are feeling like fasting. And even when you feel like fasting, guess what? By 12 hours, you won't feel like it. You won't. You will not feel like you, you will not feel like fasting every day. Like even just when you, when you call for a fast. Let's say we call for let's say let's say we will fast for three days. Day one you may be excited, but day two. <coughs> you know what I mean? The excitement may not be there. You wake up and feel like they're just bothering you. All of a sudden, everyone around you is just irritating. Sun can be side. Because you can't eat. Because you're fasting. But you stay on course. Even when, listen, even when you are hungry, you don't, you don't go, mm, okay, this fast is real. So let me just go break because I'm hungry. You stay on. That's what makes it a fast. You understand, right? The same, the same applies to prayer. You know, one of the ways, I, one of the things I used to do when I, when I wanted to grow in prayer, I noticed how the Bible says, there was a time when Jesus went, wanted to go in, uh, the time Jesus went to pray. And then while he was in prayer, the Bible records that some of his disciples slept, right? Remember that, right? Yeah, so you're not alone if you sleep in prayer, amen. Peter can relate too. <laughs> <laughs> so, the Bible records Jesus came back and then he was shocked. He says, could you not wait with me at least one hour? Think about it. Jesus was telling men without the Holy Ghost to pray for one hour. How much more men with the Spirit? Meaning it's more for them. Because the Spirit of God is with you. You get it, right? So when I wanted to grow in prayer, I was like, look, Jesus mentioned one hour. So I believe that should be the, the minimum I should do in a day. Guess what I started doing? I started praying. And when I, was, when I started praying and I would check the time, it was 15 minutes. <laughs> you go like, oh my God, we still have a lot of time here. What am I going to say? <laughs> but guess what? I would push until I reach the hour mark. Following the same thing, you push 20, just 20 minutes in prayer. Are you holding the time? What's going on? Mm. Some of you can relate, eh? Mm. Just like that. Guess what? The discipline is what made me stop checking the time. Before I know it, it became natural to go like that. But did, was, it, was I born into it? 
No. You grow into it. Discipline will birth growth. Are we together? Discipline will birth growth. If you discipline yourself to read even just two chapters of the Bible a day, before you know it, you won't be planning it anymore. While you're in a bus, you have a Bible on your phone. You'll just open it. You won't just be opening Facebook or WhatsApp or Instagram or whatever. You'll open your Bible up and start reading while you're there. When you reach home and you're tired, to relax, you'll just be opening your Bible, you'll be reading it. Oh, you even have, now they're even audio Bibles, right? You'll just be playing it. Mm. Why? It, it, it has been, you've, you've grown to a point where now you no longer share your time to pray. You pray always. And even when you share your time to pray, you even know if I share your time to pray, we'll end tomorrow. Mm. So discipline is what will birth growth. So before God can actually trust you and give you responsibility, you must become a disciplined person. You must become disciplined. Because how will God place nations on your heart to intercede for? If you can't be disciplined to intercede for your own family. If you can't be disciplined to intercede for your own, for your own church. If you can't be disciplined to intercede for your own nation. There are some in here, and I'm talking to you. You desire for God to use you to speak to nations and whatnot. You don't even pray for your own country because you think Zambia is not worth it. Ah, this country, ah, this country is lost. Unless others, when you just hear other countries, ah, you're moved. Your spirit is just moved. Mm. Discipline. Discipline yourself to pray. Discipline yourself to study the scriptures. Because even, even the studying of the word of God is a discipline. You will not always feel like studying the Bible. The Bible will not always be very interesting to you. You may be reading it and your mind wanders. It will bring your mind back and read it again. You may read it and go, Isaiah But you go back and read it until you understand it. Read it from different translations. As in you become, a, you, you discipline yourself until you grow into it. The reason why people don't grow is because the moment they lose motivation, they stop. Hallelujah. Don't lose motivation. Don't lose motivation. Don't lose motivation. And even when you lose it, say it, even when you lose it, be disciplined. Yeah. Praise God. Let's stand to our feet. And let's give the Lord a hand. I believe we can do better than that. We can do better than that.